G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. It's Tuesday and so on a Tuesday we get a focus on the breaking news that has been happening throughout Israel and the Middle East and especially as it relates to God's chosen people, the people of Israel. Ron Ross back with us. Hello Ron, welcome back to 2020. Thank you Neil. Ron, the sort of uh, statements and comments and things that come from Iran are always disturbing when they are pointed at Israel. But yesterday, Russia condemned Iran for calling for Israel to be wiped off the map. Yeah, this goes way back to the Ahmadinejad era, doesn't it? And uh, we've been astonished many times by the silence out of Russia. But yesterday, Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov issued a very rare rebuke of Tehran as he sat next to his Iranian counterpart at the opening of the Valdai International Discussion Club's conference in Moscow. Lavrov slammed Iran's calls for Israel's destructions. Uh, We've stated many times that we won't accept the statements that Israel, as a Zionist state, should be destroyed and wiped off the map. I believe this is an absolutely wrong way to advance our uh, our interests, Lavrov said, and he was quoted by uh, Russia's Taz news agency. By the same token, we oppose attempts to view any regional problem through the prism of fighting Iran, he stressed. This is happening in Syria, Yemen, and even the latest developments around the Palestinian issue, including Washington's announcement of its decision to recognize Jerusalem as the Israeli capital, are largely motivated by this anti-Iranian stance. Uh, Last night, Iranian Foreign Minister Mohammad Yavid Zarif responded to a warning that Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu issued at the Munich Security Council earlier that day. Israel will not allow the regime to put a noose of terror around our neck, Netanyahu said. We will act if necessary, not just against Iran's proxies, but against Iran itself. Well, if they try to exercise that threat, they will see the response, Zarif told NBC's Bill Neely in an interview. And so the sparring and the shaping up against each other goes on. Yes, those tensions are very uncomfortable for everyone involved in the Middle East. Uh, but those in Israel and Iran, uh, there are real tensions and they are on the world headlines. Uh, let's talk about the Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu embattled a little here. Senior Bezek officials and Netanyahu associates have been arrested in a graft probe, Ron. Yeah, Bezek is a phone network similar to Telstra or Optus. Police on Sunday said senior officials in the Bezek phone company were arrested over the weekend in a graft probe involving close associates of Netanyahu after a dramatic development was reported over the weekend. In a statement, police said a number of high-ranking officials in Israel's national telephone company Bezek were detained in the 
so-called Case 4000. Two very close associates of the Prime Minister were also arrested, Hebrew language media is reporting. The arrests came less than a week after police recommended indicting Prime Minister Netanyahu in two separate graft probes. Following evidence discovered by the Israel Securities Authority in the investigation of the Bezek case, which raised suspicions that additional offences had been committed, a new investigation was initiated yesterday by investigators from the authority and from Lahav 433, that's the police anti-fraud unit. A number of suspects have been arrested as part of the investigation, including senior officials in the Bezek group. In the case, police suspect that Shaul Elevich, owner of the Wallard News site and the controlling shareholder of Bezek, swayed coverage of Netanyahu on the news site in exchange for benefits for Bezek. Well, let's talk natural resources and Israel, Ron, because a significant story insofar as Israel announcing a deal to sell $15 billion worth of natural gas to Egypt. Yes, Neil, and that's US dollars. That's a lot of bucks. Delic and its US partner, Noble Energy, signed a deal yesterday to sell a total of 64 billion cubic metres of gas over a 10-year period to Egyptian company Delphinus Holdings. I welcome the historic agreement that was announced on the export of Israeli gas to Egypt. This will put billions into the state treasury to benefit the education, health and social welfare of Israeli citizens, Benjamin Netanyahu said. Many people did not believe in the gas outline, he added, we led it knowing that it would strengthen our security, economy and regional relations. But above all, that it would strengthen Israeli citizens. This is a joyous day. It's quite a transaction. Let's talk Egypt some more because a new church has been dedicated in Egypt uh, where Egypt's Copts have flocked to see this opening of a church that is all about remembering those beheaded Christians. And I imagine those are the ones we were seeing in the headlines uh, just a couple of years ago, uh, losing their heads uh, on a beach in, was it in Egypt? Yeah, uh, and I, I wanted to t- talk about this story because none of us really can relate to going to church for this reason, uh, that former Congregationalists were beheaded, by terrorists. It was a special day for the Coptic community of the Minya province in Upper Egypt as this new church was inaugurated in our, our village in remembrance of 20 Egyptian Copts and one Ghanaian Christian beheaded by ISIS on the Libyan coast three years ago. That was 15th of February 2015. The church was packed with Christians who travelled to Al Aar from various parts of Minya, where the murdered cops came from. Although the inauguration was not an official event, it still received extensive media coverage, partially because the construction of the church was funded by the Egyptian government. Security forces were present throughout the event. The bodies of all 21 victims are expected to be reburied in the church. A grieving father whose son died in the massacre said, We are very happy that we have this wonderful big church named after our martyrs. It is honouring them, the father told World Watch Monitor. As part of the ceremony, the bodies of all 21 victims, 
were expected to be reburied in one big coffin inside the church. However, World Watch Monitor learnt this week that the families were still waiting for their loved ones to be uh, remains to be returned to them, and they had not been told exactly when that will happen. Uh, but it's a very sobering thought to be going to church for that particular reason. Very sobering indeed. Ron, there is something significant in the fact that many of us have grown up with Superman. And in the latest revival of Superman, it's about his return to his Jewish roots. Yeah, I wrote a story about this when I was living in Israel about the Jewish roots of Superman, but DC Comics' newest writer says that the choices he has made for his new Superman series are deeply connected to the character's origins, and those origins are very Jewish. Brian Michael Bendis, who recently jumped ship from Marvel to DC Comics, will start drawing new comic books with the iconic superhero in May this year. He happens to be a product of a strictly orthodox Jewish day school in Cleveland. I'm a little Jewish boy from Cleveland, and my connection to Superman is very, very deep, genetically, Bendis told Forbes. Bendis' personal background could have implications for the Superman character. From his given name, Kal-El, to his exodus from his home planet, Superman exudes the Jewish sensibilities of his creators, the immigrants Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, also Clevelanders. El is a Hebrew term used to designate God. And just as Moses was nestled in a little basket for his trip down the Nile, Superman's parents placed him in a rocket ship so he could escape his dying planet of Krypton. Instead of Pharaoh's daughter lifting a crying baby out of a basket, Superman's adoptive parents opened the rocket to discover a crying baby. The character's transformation from mild-mannered, glass-wearing Clark Kent to avenging strongman has also been seen as a sort of Jewish immigrant's wish. The list of Jewish connections goes on. Bendis told Forbes that it took some time, uh, some cosmic convincing, to leave his long-time perch at Marvel for DC. While he was considering what to do, he said he returned to Cleveland for his brother's wedding. He went to visit a friend who runs the Cleveland Public Library, and he walked through the doors. He ran into a Superman exhibition. It was like the universe was speaking to me, telling me, oh, you've got to do this. And it flooded back to me in the biggest way possible. And here we are, he told Forbes. Interesting. The world needs Superman. We've got Jesus. Yes. And who knew there was a biblical allegory in the Superman story? And uh, great to make some reference to that this morning, Ron. Thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts, uh, these headlines, and uh, those insights with us today on 2020. Amen, brother. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.